0: the NDP government is planning some major changes to the way decisions are made when it comes to public land use uh, here in British Columbia. Uh, It's proposing giving Indigenous people more power when it comes to managing crown land, uh, they will do so by overhauling BC's Land Act. Now, many folks are saying that that, uh, this is all occurring without much consultation, and especially because 90% of the province's land is under crown designation. Think of the impact that could have on mining uh, or potentially forestry or LNG. Uh, It could impact many, many uh, businesses. And many have already said it's hard to get things done in this province. Uh, Take a listen to uh, Nathan Colin BC's Minister of Lands. He's speaking to our Simi Sarah this morning. Take a listen to his comments.
1: So, what happens if if these changes to the Land Act pass? What it does is it enables the government to enter an agreement. If we were seeking such an agreement, like we did with the Taltan and Northwest BC last year, all of that process goes to public engagement as well. It doesn't. Passing this doesn't mean the next thing happens automatically. We have to go through an entire stakeholder engagement process with the community with if there's a mining company, as the case with the Teltan was involved, they were deeply involved. And then that also has to pass through cabinet.
0: That was Nathan Cullen speaking to our Simi Sarah this morning. Now, uh there was uh, some analysis of the uh, BC Land Act legislation. It was uh, written up by Robert Junger, who is a lawyer with the law firm of Macmillan, uh, and a few of his colleagues. And uh, take a listen to this. Now, these this is law, these are law firms that advise uh, big companies in logging and forestry about indigenous law. Uh, and here I'm going to read, read from the analysis from Macmillan. It says, "quote But make no mistake: the subject matter of the consultation is unprecedented and of profound importance to any." company that requires authorization to use crown land in BC. These include things like grazing uh, grazing leases, mining leases, licenses of occupation, dock permits, right-of-way, etc. So they believe it is quite sweeping. Now, Kevin Falcon, leader of the BC United Party, was on with our Jill Bennett earlier today. He also expressed concerns uh, in regards to uh, the consultation that would be uh, required with Indigenous governments uh, if this uh, legislation were to move forward. Take a listen to Mr. Mr. Falcon's comments.
1: Important to understand the courts, the Supreme Court, on multiple occasions, has made it very clear that that First Nations do not have a veto. They full stop. They've said that on multiple occasions. We must honor and accept, uh, as we do, Section 35 of the Constitution, which is really quite unique in the world that says there is actually a duty to consult and, where appropriate, accommodate First Nations interests under case law. And that's something that we would absolutely adhere and support and continue to support. But what the NDP are doing is going much farther than that. They are unilaterally deciding that they want to provide a veto right. And the concern with that is that if you have an MLA or a minister right now who has an obligation to act in the public interest, they... All the legislation is very clear. Ministers must act in the public interest. That means the broad public interest. But if you now bring in another group, and there are 204 First Nations in the province, to say that they also are now joint decision-makers on a specific land issue, then you've now got a a conflict problem.
0: That is BC United leader Kevin Falcon speaking to our Joe Bennett earlier today. Joining me now is Global BC's legislative reporter, Richard Zussman. Richard, welcome.
2: Yeah, John, thanks for having me.
0: Uh, Why is the provincial government headed in this direction?
2: Yeah, so it all has to do with the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People. This government has made a commitment that they are going to work more closely with uh, Indigenous and First Nations communities uh, in this province. Uh, Premier was asked about this yesterday when he did a press conference. He said, in part, we've been engaging in the work with First Nations around major projects, private projects, public projections and northwest transmission lines. This is about dialoguing and ensuring that the province does things differently in the past, that uh, there have been projects approved in the past only later on to have rejection from First Nations communities that in some cases have derailed projects entirely. This is about going and speaking to First Nations communities in the onset. But the issues that Kevin Falcon raises around this idea of a veto, and there's nothing in this consultation that describes any of this as being a veto. Those are politically loaded words uh, that are meant to uh, send a message to people that somehow one. First Nations supersedes their power over everyone else. I I don't read that as being the case, but what this does do is produce uncertainty for the business community who may want to engage in projects in British Columbia. And that is clearly concerning. So uh, there are political power points at play here, but I want to let Quesalem have the last word on this. He posted on Twitter, uh, Squamish nation councillor saying governments exercise authority Indigenous governments exercise authority over title lands as an Indigenous right. Quote, the colonial panic about this coming change is ridiculous. So we just don't know enough about what this change means quite yet. And it is being used for now to score political points. And that does create uncertainty, which is not great for the economy. But it's going to take time to exactly sort out exactly what the province is doing here. Their motivations are clear in terms of working, sending a message they are working with Indigenous and First Nations communities to the outcome Still not clear.
0: So we already have a problem today, uh, five years ago, of projects taking longer because of that uncertainty, because of consultation. Uh, what is going to change? Because when, when I hear uncertainty, you look at our LNG industry, a lot of it couldn't move forward because of some of the work that is required with Indigenous communities. I don't blame them for that. It's was, it was also the federal government, provincial right. government. There's yep. a lot of yep. it, right? It's just layers upon layers. Uh, how does this help us move projects forward? Because we already have a notorious reputation in this province and in this we country do. of taking way too long, way too long in getting major uh, projects, natural resource projects that are important for the national interest, the provincial interest, and they don't get done. How does this in any way provide certainty at the very least allow projects to move quicker and be approved in, in, in a timely fashion?
2: The argument being put forward by government, and we heard this from Premier Horgan and we're hearing this from Premier Eby and we're hearing this from Minister Cullen, is that the having the dialogue with First Nations community on the onset of a project provides certainty for that project. So that uh, a company uh, developer understands what they must do to ensure that that project moves ahead in terms of land, in terms of uh, accessing resources, in terms of right away. And that happens upfront. And it will ensure that the proponent knows what sort of barriers are in front of them before engaging in the project. Whereas historically, we have had situations where a project has moved on and then all of a sudden a First Nations proponent has said, no, not on my land, no, not this way, and that has derailed the project. So that's the argument being put forward. Mm-hmm. What BC United has raised concerns about is if you give such sweeping powers on the onset from First Nations communities, then they will say... Well, add this and add this and stop this and don't do this. And and that ultimately will scare away uh, development and scare away business interests. So it's about clearly finding that balance. To ensure that, yes, First Nations are consulted, the rules are clear, but they're clear to a point of not preventing the type of development that the province does need to ensure not just economic prosperity for those First Nations communities, but to ensure overall economic prosperity in this province.
0: And, and I get where you're coming from. My concern is, or uh, one could argue in the last five years, we're already doing that in practice. So what is this conversation in enacting this in legislation going to do? Because I would argue major companies are already doing that throughout this province. And what if yeah. there's overlap with one First Nation disagreeing with another First Nations community. So those are some of the what ifs.